Hey moms and grandmoms, this Moms Together podcast is designed just for you, a busy mom or grandmom. All the Moms Together topics are relevant to today's family. Current parenting information and trends will be discussed. You'll receive a word of encouragement and we will share a laugh and be blessed by a heartfelt prayer. We're Lori Wildenberg and Heather Riggleman and our families are made up of littles to young adults. Together with our mom team, we host Moms Together on Facebook. And we're closing in on 20,000 moms, and now it's time to grow our community through a podcast. Many of us question how to navigate motherhood because life is messy and the struggle is real. So join us as we discuss subjects that are close to your mom or grandmom heart. Let's do this mom life together because we are better together. Hey, moms and grandmoms. This is our Moms Together Episode 3, and I'm Lori Wildenberg with Heather Riggleman, and we are your co-hosts. Now, in Episode 2 of the Mo- our Moms Together team member and writer, Elizabeth Spencer, and I talked about how to stay steady when your child's mood swings. Elizabeth gave so many excellent strategies to use so that we could um, not only keep our cool, but also maintain our connection with our kiddos when our home has turned into the house of hormones. So be sure to catch episode three, especially if you have a tween, teen, or even a toddler. Heather, I think it's possible that many of us moms or grandmoms had our own meltdown, perhaps, during the (laughs) halftime show of the Super Bowl. Um, There sure has been an awful lot of social media chatter about J-Lo and Shakira. There, there certainly has been like, I have heard, uh, you know, things on both sides of the fences. And so I was, um, at an event the other day and the women were talking about the Super Bowl, and a lot of them were like, and these are Christian women. So I was, I was kind of taken aback by it, but they were talking about the fact that if they, if they looked like that when they were 50, then they were sure as heck going to flaunt it and, you know, dance on that stripper pole. And then there was a lot of women who were on the other side of it where it was like, you know, this is, it's great that these are, you know, entertainers, these are performers. Um, yes, it's a, it's a secular, you know, event. Um, but it's not, this is not what we were expecting to, you know, expose our children to, because like when you're, when you're looking at all the things that she's doing in terms of like dancing on a stripper pole, you know, you're thinking about, you know, pornography and sex trafficking, um, and shallow thinking and how, um, events like this, you know, have the ability to, um, impress upon our little girl, our little girls and our boys about that's, that's the way that's, that's what women should look like. And that's what women should do. And it's all about that whole, um, objective, objectification. And so, um, I took to my Facebook page because I was really taken aback by, uh, the whole event. And one of the things I said on my, on my Facebook page, um, which got quite, which got quite a bit of traffic was the fact that, we're women. We can, we can create life. We can be the president. We can set foot on the moon. We can run businesses. Our hands rock the cradle and rule the world, but yet we can't get past the stripper pole. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, we really have sent mixed messages, you know, even Mm -hmm. just over the last couple of days um, leading up to the Super Bowl, all of the information going out um, regarding the sex trafficking and how that really increases right around the Super Bowl time and how that's a huge problem. And I mean, everyone, no matter 
who? I mean, most people are highly concerned about that. And then, um, and then we have this other side where, well, it's, it's okay, I suppose, if you're an adult and you're an entertainer and you're up there doing your thing and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and seriously, those women are in really good shape. <laughs> I have got to say, wow. Beautiful but, women too. I mean, yes, just beautiful. Ab absolutely. Um, but it is a mixed message and, and I guess, I guess we've got to figure out, you know, what do, what do we do in this world of um, hashtag me too and sex trafficking, but yet there's this sort of, you know, really sensual, um, even beyond sensual, um, mm -hmm. suggestive dancing and, you know, in a public place where everyone is actually celebrating that. So that kind of, that's kind of confusing to, to an adult brain, let alone perhaps even a, a child brain. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree with you on that. You know, our culture, you know, sends us so many mixed messages on, you know, what women should look like and how we should act and how we should portray ourselves. Are we supposed to be powerful, sensual? Are we supposed to be meek and mild? And so I'm really excited because we wanted to, you know, really dig into that. And so we are going to introduce to you um, Linda Tang, and she is a Moms Together team member. And Linda has spent a great deal of time of studying identity. So Linda, welcome. And can you share just a bit of wisdom um, about uh, the Super Bowl or your thoughts on identity and how that can affect our, our children? Hi, Lori and Heather. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. And, you know, it's so funny because before I was a full-time mom and I am a mother mm -hmm. to two girls who are 16 and 14, I worked full-time both in radio and I still work in radio a bit, but I also worked for the Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, and Miss Universe pageants. So, oh, wow. You're going to have a really unique perspective. Oh, I can't wait. This yeah. is going to be good. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that until my daughter mm -hmm. had asked me the other day, Mommy, you know, when you worked for the pageants, was it like what we saw on stage? And I really hadn't thought about that. And it absolutely wasn't. The women, there were swimsuits and mm -hmm. ball gowns, evening gowns, but the women really showcased their, um, their talent and their skill and their passions for wanting to help people. I mean, there really were, was a lot of good about that, but it, it brought to mind just the whole performance-oriented society um, that we can live in, and especially here in Southern California, which is where I live, we see a lot of the externals and we see a lot of the values that um, are permeating our, our culture in a way where physical beauty is absolutely a priority among teens and young girls, but I feel that what we saw the other evening and, and the talent they have, and one of them had been interviewed on 60 Minutes and did a great interview. I mean, these are things to celebrate, right? The talent and, and how women have talent and skills and strengths and just wonderful things to display. However, the physical piece was really saddening, really saddened me a, a bit. Um, I felt that it, it, it just made me sad because beauty doesn't have to encompass what we saw. Think of elegant movie stars and beautiful women who have graced the movie screens and magazines. And we, you know, we have seen beautiful women showcase themselves in long, you know, in dresses or things that covered up a little mm -hmm. bit more. And you can still be just as beautiful with less. And I, th I think I felt sad. I think I felt sad that that had to be showcased in that way, that that beauty had to be showcased in that way. And also what really saddened me was thinking of all of these girls viewing this and thinking 
that this is now the barometer of beauty. And I would hate yes. for anyone to, to feel like this is now it, like a 14 or 15 year old girl. This is what so, I do. Linda, I have, I've got a question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm listening to all this and, you know, you're, this is coming out of your adult, you know, female brain, right? Mm-hmm. And were your girls, I'm curious, were your girls watching the game and did they happen to see the show? And if they did, what were their feelings and how did you sort of unpack that with them? Mm, great question. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my girls was with us. We were at a Super Bowl party and she was in a room with some other teens, the 16 year old. And all of a sudden we heard this, oh, like just this screaming and yelling. And um, I had talked with my daughter later to ask her what she felt. She was very vocal and said it was just absolutely awful and disgusting. Couldn't think of enough negative adjectives. Completely un- felt that the viewing, that what she was viewing was just almost embarrassing in a I agree. Yeah, it was. 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 We were with our small group Bible study. (laughs) My 14 year old was with a mixed group at another location and she had the same reaction. And we actually, Mm -hmm. and she said that the other kids there did too. And I was actually really encouraged to hear that, 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 you know, that people did have an adverse reaction. You should, but sometimes with kids, they don't have that reaction, you know? And so we did unpack it and we did absolutely talk about it. From the time they were very young, we've talked about modesty and how a woman does um, display beauty. So I think that they were really quick to notice this is not what I have been taught about bankers who, who study real money so that they know when the counterfeit bills come in. Sure. And mm. You know, like that, that was really awesome, though, to, to sit and talk with your girls. And another thing that I'm noticing um, was that they were embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of kids today have such exposure and so much exposure to all that. They're just like, ah, that's just what they do, you know? So that's pretty encouraging to me that, um, that, that sensuality made them feel uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that just felt like, well, you know, that's the way it is. And we see all that all the time anyway. To me, that desensitization is um, kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is an issue. We are really lowering. I mean, we can become comfortable with anything now. There's, there's no more, like black and white is becoming more gray and gray and gray, right? And when that discomfort isn't there, as you said, that can be really problematic. There needs to be discomfort in order for people to make choices, right? If there isn't discomfort, you may you may you may not have a boundary you may not have a line so um there has to be discomfort i think yeah yeah i think so too and i think that even speaks to the fact that perhaps you know your girls that that they are sensitive to the lord right they have that sensitivity um because we can lose our sensitivity scripture tells us we can lose Mm -hmm. that sensitivity if we fill it up with sensuality and we aren't as sensitive to God's voice and the spirit. So that's, that's interesting to me. And um, so, yeah, thanks. What did you, what do you think, Heather? Did your kids see it? Yeah, we started, like we were watching the beginning of it because um, we, cause like my, my daughter's a dancer. And so there's like a lot of music that she dances to in terms of like JLo and Shakira. So like, I mean, she loves Shakira. So we can, we, we have to keep it pretty tame. But, but we do love her. So we were actually really excited. And so like when she first 
came on stage, I'm like, wow, look at her outfit. Like it's not, you know, it's not too revealing. It's, it's, I mean, for mm-hmm. c- compared to like some of the things that we've seen in the past, I'm like, okay, this is, we're, we're going to settle in this. This should be okay. Up until, you know, the, you know, JLo came out and it was like the stripper pole. Um, that's when we had to turn it off. And it was really surprising because as I turned to look at my daughter, she was just like in utter shock. And then my son, I looked at him and he's, cause he's, he's 13. He's like, Oh, this is what she's going to do. Like, this is, this is not good. Is my mom going to turn this off? Because I don't think I can handle this. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, I immediately, you know, turned it off and, and my kids are like, well, this sucks. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, it's, you know, it's a, it's a secular performance. So we shouldn't have been expecting them to, um, I guess we were expecting it to be more family friendly and unfortunately it wasn't. And so my whole thoughts on it were, it's not necessarily, um, about the performance that matters at this point. It's more about like how we react to it and how we talk to our kids about it. Yes, I, I agree. And, you know, like you said, you sort of expect a family friendly, but mm-hmm. you know, if we, if we look back, we had what Beyonce and her performance was like, whoa. And, yeah. you know, some people were thinking she was demon possessed. I don't know, <laughs> but there was that. And then, um, you know, the wardrobe malfunction with Janet Jackson and, oh, and Justin Timberlake, you know, <laughs> those, those are all things. And, and so I don't know. I mean, I, I think were, what you said is that the important thing is how once this stuff is out there mm-hmm. and you know the age of your kids, because I think the age of your kids makes a difference too. It's very important. Yeah. How do you respond to that? And I think, you know, you can either turn it off like you guys did, or you can talk about it like Linda did with her kids. And, but either way, even if you turn it off, you still have to talk about it, right? I agree. I mean, and one of the things that a lot of moms were pointing out on on Facebook is that everybody was just like really upset about this performance. And yet, supposedly, which which I don't agree with, um, you know, Adam Levine was the performer last year and he was dancing like with the shirt off and you could really see like, I mean, he was very, very chiseled. But I mean, you could and he was wearing his jeans very low and apparently yeah. none of the moms were complaining about that. Um, but that's actually a conversation that I had with my son. It's like, you, you, you don't, you don't dress that way. You don't take off your, your, you know, your top that way. That's, that's still, you know, very sensual. And, and that's still, you know, that's, that's for the bedroom. Yeah. Maybe I'm a prude at this point, but you know, I'm kind of okay with it. (laughs) Well, I think Linda, you have some really Mm -hmm. great ideas for us on how we can help our kids be you know, have a healthy self-image and sort of the, the whole package of including, you know, our, our spiritual side, mm-hmm. the, the whole piece um, of our identity with, with girls and with boys. Can you, can you just kind of talk to us about how we can help our kids navigate these confusing waters because they might get one particular perspective at home but then they get this other thing in the culture. But, it, you know, it really isn't just about mm-hmm. um, a person's body. I mean, it could be anything. It could be their perfection in academics or athletics, it, you know, uh, popularity. It could be any of those things. So it's, it's the anxiety we, that rides with it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do we do about that, Linda? You know what I think? And um, 
one of the first things I go back to is Deuteronomy 6. And I know that this is a really simple thing. Um, oh, good. The passage of Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Of course, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. But it also mm. goes on to say, talking about the commandments and the laws, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I'm sorry, in the sentence before that, it says these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. And so being a Jewish believer, <laughs> I love the Old Testament and I love Deuteronomy, but I think it oh. starts there. It's never too late. So I also wanted to say to that mom who's listening, thinking, oh my goodness, I, didn't, I haven't talked enough, right? I mean, what's enough, right? It's never mm -hmm. too late. Every day is a new day. That, that being said, I think the more that we talk, it's really, I think it comes in relationship building. The more that we talk and spend time with our kids, and I don't mean to trivialize your question, I feel no, like it's, it's so good. So, so simple and so basic. What are we doing in the home? What are we doing when we drive them to school? Here in California, we live in a car culture. We are, I am in the car constantly. And it's such a great opportunity, though, to talk to my kids and say, you know, whatever. When they come home from school, if you don't live in a car culture and they're walking home and you're giving them their snack, I mean, every day there's an opportunity for them to share their hearts and for you and for us as moms to speak into that. So what are we doing in the home? Are we talking more than the world? Are our voices louder than the world's voices? And they have to be, right? And how does that happen? Through time, through time spent, right? You know, we bake cookies with our kids and how do they know to grease the pan? They know it because they spent time with us. Otherwise they know like the cookies are going to like fall apart when you take them out of the oven. If you, with a spatula, but like, you know, they know things because they spend time with us. And, and so I think that by talking and so that's the first thing is spending time with them, I think, and reminding them that just as we as adults have a purpose, um, our kids have a purpose and reminding them of verses in scripture, like Psalm 139, um, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Mm -hmm. And reminding them, you are God's child, your identity comes from him, but not just saying it, really pointing to scripture to say, and here's that example. Here's the example of how you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Here's the example that God has a plan for your life, right? And all the things that are good and wholesome and right. And, and I think really just not overstating it, but I don't know if we can overstate it enough to them on a day-to-day -day basis. And all those days and minutes add up, right? And I think that over time, they, they know what their roots are because it's been spoken and said and modeled. Not that we're going to do it perfectly or say it perfectly, but I feel like time spent with them and communicating what the scriptures say, so, about, yeah. you know, I'm thinking mm -hmm. about what you're saying. So what about someone who isn't like super familiar with what scripture says? What are some like little phrases, um, like you said, fearfully and wonderfully made? So obviously they're created on purpose for a purpose, right? So that, that would be something that would be really awesome for our kids to know. Um, are there other things that are sort of wrapped up in identity that would be something that Someone who isn't as familiar that you could point, you could help direct them as to be some, you know, some sort of words or phrases to say to their kids? That's such a great question. I definitely think that phrases, you know, scripture verses, we can always look them up, are always so great. I mean, I try and also tell our kids just reasonable, you know, our daughters, like, um, you know, your feelings aren't truth, right? We may feel a certain way, but is that, are our feelings the truth? And I think, I guess it's always going back to God's word. What does God have to say about who I am and a feeling I may have? I mean, there's a great proverb, keep falsehood, keep falsehood and lies far from me. 
you know, if, if someone's talking badly about me at school, is what they're saying true? If I'm feeling like a loser because I failed a test, is that true? So I think that it's, it's sort of backing up the conversation with our kids and saying, what is truth? Is what you think truth? Is what, I, is what mom and dad think is truth? No, we are following the Lord and what he says is truth. And, and so I guess to answer your question, I don't know if I really am, I, I, I guess scripture for me has just been a good thing to go to. And it doesn't mean that I've known it by heart, but just even going back to the back of a Bible and looking up topics and, you know, what to say or what to read when these feelings come up or when these types of problems come up. So right? if, if your kiddo came to you and said, Mom, who does God say I am? Like, what would you, mm. what would mm-hmm. you say? The first thing I would say is he, he says that I'm his child. There you go. Yeah, that's, that what, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Like, how, how can we do that? Like, okay, we need to reinforce to our kids that they are a child of God, that they are God's child. So, yeah. And what other, are there any other messages similar to that that you would say? You know, being God's child, when we go to him, we know he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us sometimes in our silence and our quietness, because sometimes kids don't understand, well, what does that mean to hear God and to know what he thinks about me? Well, it is going to scripture, yes. And also, but it's also knowing that he will guide us. He, his, you know, going to his promises is so powerful. And I would have said to my kids, listen, this isn't me saying this. This is the Lord. I'm under the Lord's authority and you're under mine. So I'm obeying God in the things that I'm telling you. I didn't come up with these things. But, you know, Isaiah 30, 21 says that you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Okay, that is a promise. When we know God and we spend time in his word, we can hear and we can hear a still small voice that might turn us from one thing that isn't good for us to another. And all of that, I think, is knowing that you are God's child because God speaks to his children. I mean, he doesn't stay silent. Um, he's yeah, I love that. He mm-hmm. with us, and and that's. Um, I think that's a really important message because we are with people we value, and um, the Lord cares about us very much. And I think that is one thing to always let our kids know. Yep, you are a child of the King. You um, are born on purpose. <laughs> for a purpose, um, that, the, that God is with you and he's with you because he values you and he doesn't value you because you can dance really well or you're in great shape or you won the last soccer game. Those aren't the reasons he values you. He values you because he created you. You're his creation. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Heather? How do you bring this sort of thing into your family? Well, I absolutely love um, how Linda is able to just bring up all of those, um, all of the scripture references, like the things that are just hidden in her heart. And they're just, you know, because the Bible is just absolutely like a treasure trove um, a lot of all of the things that God says um, who we are. And um, it's just like this whole conversation goes back and reminds me of who I was before I came to Christ, because I, I'm actually going to be celebrating my 16th anniversary um, in Christ in March. And, um, I still, I still remember like quite vividly, you know, going to church, uh, right when I first got saved, um, I was a recovering, um, addict and a party child and, you know, just fresh out of college. Um, no, actually I was still in college. I was getting ready to graduate college. And here I am, you know, wearing like the tight pants and I still had like the whale tail going on. It's so embarrassing. You know, but like, but it was, it took, um, 
um, Angela, who is, uh, she's kind of like my spiritual mama, and she came and she just started speaking those truths into my life about what my identity is and how I feel, um, and well, how, and how my how my emotions um, at times can uh, can lie to me, especially like when we're um, you know dealing with all these mixed messages. And so, one of the things that really stands out to me in terms of like what it is that we're supposed to be telling our children about about our emotions or about what the world is telling us about who uh, we are. Um, it goes back to, uh, I think it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 about the fact that we are supposed to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding because in all of our ways, he's, in all of our ways, we submit to him and that includes our emotions, our anxieties, um, all of these things that people are saying that we are, you know, what we're supposed to be um, and he's going to make our paths straight. Yeah, that, that is really, really awesome. And uh, I think it's really important, as you know, Linda says, to talk to your kids mm -hmm. all the time about this. Um, Heather, we had a verse that we wanted to share with our, our listeners. Would you, do you have that? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, as we were talking about this, um, John, uh, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, um, actually kind of really resonated with the whole conversation, especially as we were praying about um, this conversation and, and uh, the, the wisdom that Linda was going to, that Linda has offered. And so that verse says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, not, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. That is so, so good. So um, Lori, will you, will you close us in prayer? Oh, I would love to. Thank you. Lord God, you are our father, our Abba Daddy. And we pray that uh, you help our kids know how precious that they are in your sight and that they are born on purpose for a purpose and that each one of our child is just a precious jewel in your kingdom. And Father, we pray that rather than idolizing bodies and dancing and singing and uh, grades and sports and uh, musical talent that we um, have our help our kids learn to look to you to look to you for their uh, self-worth and they are worthy because you say that they are and they are worth dying for so father um, as we walk through this world where we are in the world, but not of the world. We pray that our kids are able to see things more through a heavenly perspective and are able to discern and decipher uh, your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks so much for joining us today as we talked about um, the culture's mixed messages and God's never-changing words and wisdoms. Moms, this is your show, and if you have a topic that you'd like us to tackle, please email us at momstogether2020 at gmail.com. We are moms together because we are better together. Hey, mamas. Thanks for joining us today. We pray that this podcast encouraged you. Did you know that we hang out on Instagram and Facebook? If you'd like to directly connect with us, join our Moms Together Facebook group because we would love to get to know you. 
And remember, we are moms together because we are better together.